Hey everybody, this is Sandra. The very lovely and incredibly talented Brett Parker is my guest this time around. Brett has been at Pixar for 19 years, working in various departments on such films as A Bug's Life, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Monsters Incorporated, Monsters University, Brave, Ratatouille and Toy Story 2, as well as lending her voice to some of the characters within the films. She's a really interesting background which took her to animation and has a wealth of knowledge to pull from. I've wanted to talk to Brett for a long time now, so huge thanks to Mark Off the Doll for connecting us. It's a great pleasure to have her on the show. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation about animation with Brett Parker. Well, thanks so much for meeting. I really appreciate it. It's great oh, sure. No problem. It's great to finally meet you. Hi, you too. <laughs> so I have to tell you that Carlos Baena sends you warm hugs. Aww. <laughs> and both he and Mark say that you're easily one of their favorite people at Pixar. <laughs> Oh, they're both the sweetest guys ever. <laughs> so we'll we'll kick it off with the first question. Okay, sounds great. Super. Um, well, I was wondering how you got started in animation because you didn't study animation, right? You went through dance and theater, and then you took up a job as a production manager at Pixar. So um, a production assistant, actually. Okay. Yeah, I started at the complete bottom of the totem pole. Oh, okay. Um. In fact, truth be told, I didn't even know, I had never really heard of Pixar. I had watched Toy Story, and I've always loved animation, Um, and I got a job here as a production assistant. I had always done a lot of video work, and as you said, performance, Um, and then I started working here, um, and I realized how much animation made sense to me. Um, you know, it's like the choreography and the acting and the timing and, and all of that. And what I didn't know were any of the, you know, the rules of animation. Yeah. And so I, I started just staying late and um, studying the both the principles of animation as well as um, learning our software because we have our own, you know, software system here. And Mark Oftedal was one of my mentors. He was fabulous, yeah. super patient with me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I just started staying late and learning all of that, and I put together a reel, which they reviewed. I haven't looked at it since, and I can't even imagine how horrible it is. Do you still have it? I'm sure it's somewhere. I, I, I'm scared to try to find it, really. So, um, but I put together a reel, and they reviewed it, and they hired me as the first, um, fix animator and that was back on a bug's life they had never had that position before so it was new um but it was a perfect position to come into and really be able to continue studying and and learning animation yeah so that's how that went down how long did it take you to get up to being an animator um let's see i was a fix animator on a bug's life and then uh um what was our next film toy story 2 I was like a junior animator, okay. and then um, and I would still do like um, fixes and some crowd work also, and then by the time I got to Monsters University, I was a, a full animator. Okay, and what was your first yeah. animated shot that you got to fully animate on? Oh my goodness! Well, the funny thing is, is that. Um, I remember very much as a fix animator, I animated all the uh, uh, the berry splat effects um, <laughs> in that film. <laughs> and then, and it was kind of hilarious because, you know, there were so many characters yeah. on that film. 
So people would forget, like, to animate an entire background character. So I would do a lot of sort of background animation and effects animation. Oh, okay. and, and so those stand out to me because I was so excited, yeah. you know, to do the very splat animation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I kind of don't remember what my first, like, real shot as a full-fledged animator was. So. Oh, well, that's okay. Um, so your background in theater and dance, I was wondering how important you feel it is as an animator to have some experience in another field. I think it all helps. Like, I find that, um, you know, even as I continue to do my own work outside of Pixar um, artwork, uh, that it all affects, you know, it's like the work, you know, it's all art, and it's all informing what you're doing. And I feel like it helps you see, like, what I learn in animation, I feel like I can bring to the table when I'm I'm, you know, working on maybe experimental animation or when, or maybe working on, um, you know, a performance art piece or working on drawing um, or whatever it is that I'm working on outside of work, I think is informed by what I learned here and then vice versa. So I feel like constantly kind of studying other art forms or going to the theater or going to see shows, you know, really helps you think about how you're animating in different ways and it makes you just sort of step back a little bit. So I think it's really cool how they, they feed each other, you know? Yeah. I was wondering if you could talk, it might be really tricky to kind of broaden it, but you talked a little bit before in another interview how your background helped you with timing, choreography, and analyzing the movement. And I think it was in terms of watching video reference. So I was wondering if you oh, yeah. could explain a little bit about how you feel it helps you break down the movement and um, reconstruct it, as you said. I don't know if that's too hard yeah. to talk about. No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so... You know, I feel like it's interesting because I really feel like I couldn't have just walked in and I mean, I didn't just walk into this job. I, I worked really hard at it <laughs> for years and continue to. But um, I think without a background in theater and performance, I really couldn't have made that leap because there was so much I understood about character acting um, from coming from a performance background and and then um, also about timing. I mean, timing is critical. And I think any actor has to have good timing. Yeah. Um, so maybe it, I don't remember what I spoke about in another <laughs> interview. But, um, you know, in terms of just going in and really analyzing a shot and thinking about, okay, who's my character and what am I trying to get? What is the point of this shot? And, and acting it out. And then kind of going through and watching the reference of my own acting and picking out like, okay, this, this really worked and this was not as strong and, um, you know, how to like plus that, then take it into the world of animation and, and plus it in terms of maybe caricature or streamlining the timing. So it's not quite so, um, Grant, you know, if it needs to be faster to exaggerate it or whatever, how I can can push those moments. Yeah. But, but really having that performance background, I think, helps me not only um, get a stronger performance to start off with in terms of acting it out in the acting room, but also helps me be able to then look at it and analyze it and say, okay, where can I take this further yeah. um, for my in, within the world of animation. Um, I was wondering, what makes appeal in a pose for you? Ooh, I know, that really is such one. a great question. <laughs> yeah, you trying to get to the hard ones right away, aren't you? <laughs> um, 
So appeal is one of, I think, the hardest things. So I teach animation also. And I think it is one of the hardest things to really define. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. Um, sometimes it's a very small change. It's like the curve against the straight. Sometimes um, it, it's the design, I feel like, that all is coming together in the whole. Um, so how the pose all fits together, um, bringing out the most within a character, working with the character design itself. Um, it's, it's something that can be really elusive. Sometimes it's really hard to say. Sometimes it's almost like feeling it out. It's like you're sculpting. Yeah. And you're not quite sure you've got it until you've got it. So it's hard <laughs> um, to just really... I don't know that there's like a, a one definition of what is appeal, yeah. right? But I will say I think it's all the pieces coming together in a way that harmonizes beautifully and is bringing out um, whatever it is in that moment, that emotion, that expression, whether it be like sadness or glee, you know, um, and, and, with, and is also about keeping true to who that character is. I ask all the animators that, and everybody gives me a different answer, but they're all right, you know? It's just so uh -huh. broad. It's really hard. Appeal is the hardest thing. I think we it's the thing we're constantly striving for, right? And and sometimes you hit it and perfectly, and sometimes you almost get it, and sometimes you miss. <laughs> so. so you mentioned before that experienced animators can see something a frame off. Do you have any tips for training your eye to see at that granular level? For animators that might not have the opportunities to go through something like take up a position as a fixed animator. Yeah, you know, I think that um, really framing through your own shot, um, uh, framing through uh, pieces of animation that you love and that are beautiful, like go to the Jungle Book, go to the experts, and don't just watch it. Take a scene and download it um in a format that you can really frame by frame and really analyze what they're doing on a frame by frame basis and then do the same thing with your work. I think we can get so mesmerized mesmerized by motion and you you play it through at speed and you're like that's working but you <laughs> but it really may not be and and if you really and I so I think framing through your animation is one thing and then really pay attention to streamlines like really dot your if you don't have the software or if you're doing hand-drawn, you know, just draw on your screen or draw on your animation and really find the points and watch your arcs. Um, I feel like we, um, I used to, we used to do it all by hand, and now we have a, a tool that allows us to, you know, really see our streamlines. And I feel like it changed my animation because you're suddenly seeing things at such a, another level um, and I think it's a great teaching device. Yeah, it is. It really shows you your mistakes, like right there. Right yeah, the yeah. There's no bullshitting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so keeping it simple, I've discovered this is one of the hardest things ever to do. And I was wondering if you have any tips on how to keep things simple or even just to explain why it's so important to keep your animation and your poses simple. Um, well, you know, I think we can get carried away by trying to add too much um, in and then you lose kind of the point of the scene. Um, so even if you think of any of like, like some really great live action scenes or even go back to like 
you know, some of the silent films, mm. right? Um, the silent films are a great thing to study because it is all about, um, you know, everything we're trying to do in some ways, exaggeration. and Because they had to get it all without any dialogue. So if we can sell all our points through our poses, then, you know, the dialogue is, is like a plus for supporting. The dialogue is supporting the acting. And so then they're really joined together. But I feel like then if you're going to layer on some secondary animation. So your poses have to be simple in order to sell the moment. I feel like the mo the, mo the moment they get too involved or too complicated, we start to pull away from the message of what we're trying to convey. Mm. Um, so if you can start simple, and then you maybe can layer, you know, on top of that a little bit. But I think we can easily get distracted by, like, trying to be too complicated. Yeah. Um, and you, you kind of lose the point of what you're trying to say. Yeah. So. All too easily. Yeah. <laughs> so what to you are the right ingredients that go into creating a great performance? I think knowing who your character is is the most important thing. And no understanding deeply exactly what's happening at the scene at that point in time yeah. and um and being very specific about your choices i think sometimes we can get lost in in you know if you don't if you're not specific about what you're trying to do then the audience isn't going to get it so i think any great performance you have you've really studied the who, what, when, where, and why of that moment, and you know it inside and out. Mm. Um, and that's then the basis of it, you know. You have to then animate it beautifully on top of this. <laughs> How do you come up with ideas? Got any tips there? You know, I think it's a combination of things. I, I think everyone, whether you feel strongly about your acting skills or not, mm. I think it's really good to just get up and start acting things out and video yourself. Mm. And if you're feeling stumped or you're feeling like really like I'm animating a horse, how am I supposed to act that <laughs> out? <laughs> um, then finding reference is just great, whether it's live action or animated. Um, but really trying to dive in and have a whole bank of reference material or access to different films that you love. I try, I try to keep, I have a whole file um, of films um, and different scenes and it's a combination of, that I've gathered over the years and some like have been sent to me by other people or whatever, moments I've loved in a film. And so I just try to gather that up to when, I, when I'm feeling a little dry. <laughs> Yeah, good. I have one of those too. It's very helpful. Yeah. Um, what would you suggest to new animators to help themselves speed up and get up to the level of more experienced animators on the team? You know, I feel like, um, and in fact, after teaching more and more, I, I feel more strongly about this. <laughs> um, you, there are certain people who maybe um, can grasp an art, any art, faster than others, yeah. right? We, there is a level of talent that any individual has or, or doesn't have. Um, I think it's honestly the number of hours doing it. Mm. You just have to do it. You don't, you're not going to ever get it, and you're not going to get to a certain level until you've hit a certain number of hours. 
you know, and, and I think, to be honest, there are people like Mark Oftedal is incredibly talented, and, and he's probably one of the ones who got it faster <laughs> in fewer hours. Yeah. But there is a pocket there. There's some sort of, and I don't know what the number is, but I know it's I a it's lot. Supposed to be, it's in the books. It says 40,000 hours. I want to say anyway. Okay, it's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they did the math for me. <laughs> it's a long time since I read that book, but it's somewhere around there, yeah. 40, yeah, okay. yeah, it's it is, and it's just a matter of hours. You just I don't know that there's much of a way to shortchange it. So, <laughs> what do you do to keep improving? Um, well, I think teaching helps a lot because you you constantly when you're analyzing other people's work, you inevitably have to then look at your own work with that same critical eye. So I think that that's crucial. That, that's something I enjoy it also, but I do think it helps keep me fresh. Mm. Um, I think going back, honestly, like I do all kinds of things. I have this little, uh, post-it right here, um, with little reminders <laughs> of things I want to work on. Um, what do they showing say? my work. What? What do they say? What does your post-it say? It says, um, it says push posing. Oh, um, I think one of the things coming from my background and not from like a, hand-drawn background and not from a cartoon background is that going into the really more cartoony world or pushing posing I tend to be more realistic and so I love um this the quote of like you it's like you do a drawing you put a piece of paper down you do another one you keep doing that until it breaks and then you just peel off one right so it's like I, I have, you know, for me, it's like, you again, you're on a production schedule. You get yeah. caught up in the middle of it. Maybe I forget to keep pushing my drawing until yeah. it, it breaks and then pulling <laughs> it back. So <laughs> that's one. Another one for me is showing my work to other people. It's really important not to get too insular. Um, and, again, we get lazy. You know, it's just laziness, basically. You're like, I got it. I, You know, I don't have time. And I think it's important, though, to pick the right people. Um, don't show your work to everyone. Yeah. Find the people that you trust and who know will give you the critique that is going to work with your style and where you're at and all of those things. I think it's really important to to also be, you know, a little bit careful about who, not careful is <laughs> the wrong word judicious in who you're showing your work to but show it you know get it out there and, and get feedback because they'll always be able to push you someplace further how would you go about choosing the right person or the right people because it's not necessarily the person who's the best on the team that's going to be the right person to give you advice so yeah how, how do you go about that um, I, I, you know, maybe that's a trial and error thing. <laughs> You're like, oh, I won't do that again. Okay. But, um, but being aware, you know, like over time here, I have my go-to people mm, I, yeah. you know, you, you pick out and, and, um, and just being aware of that. I think yeah. that, you know, not everyone, you don't have to actually put everyone's comment in your shot. You, you are the final you know, animator for it. So yeah. the people who, when they give you comment and it really, you're, it makes sense to you, then maybe those are the people you go back to. That's true. Um, what <laughs> would you say are the three most important things you've done in the past to get you where you are today? Well, 
I think being stubborn has really served me well. <laughs> um, just continuing to, you know, go at it, to try and try and try and try. Just continuing to try to study and really going in and always feeling like I have something to learn. I think that you're going to, the day you think you know it all, you're going to stop growing as an animator. So I think probably the most important thing I've done is to know that I always have room to grow and trying to look at where those areas are and trying to then go further. Like whether it's, you know, drawing on the side or whether, you know, in a sketchbook, like just carrying a sketchbook with me or whether it's, looking at and analyzing more animated films or, you know, whatever it is, it's just continuing to, I think, push myself to grow as an artist. Yeah. For all the aspiring animators out there, what would you say are the top skills they need to hone to become a great animator? Okay, let's see. Um, well, spacing and timing. If you have bad spacing and timing, you'll just never like, get <laughs> off ground zero. So <laughs> you have to have that. Um, I think trying to strive for appeal, like really, I know that nebulous appeal, um, but really constantly trying to analyze that. Um, knowing, you know, your principles inside and out, um, so that you don't have to then constantly think about them. Yeah. You can you can just know them internally, and, and, and then you just have that already to bring to your shot. Is there something you'd wish you'd known at the start? Uh, let's see. I don't know. What did I wish I knew? How hard it was? <laughs> I wish I knew how hard it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I knew how hard it was. <laughs> I was very naive. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I think people are really comforted when they hear that it's not smooth sailing for everybody else. So I was wondering if you can remember a particularly difficult shot um, that you felt maybe you weren't going to get finished on time and the situation surrounding that and maybe what you did to get through it. Um... Yeah, I mean, it is true. I think it is really helpful to know. I feel like there's something in in animation and with the personality of those people who become animators um, that it is universally true that we all sort of, like, berate ourselves <laughs> at some point, and you feel like you're never going to get it. Yeah. Um, and I think that... Um, again, calling on other people for me is always the thing. Um, when I'm feeling most discouraged, often the right person with the right notes can just really help you get through something. Yeah. Um, so I think that for me has probably been the device I've used the most to try to help me through a situation where I was really feeling like I wasn't going to make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was there a particularly fun experience then with a character or a movie that you've worked on that you really enjoyed? You know, I loved working on Wally. Mm -hmm. um, I found him to be just so delightful. Um, <laughs> and you just would get lost in him. And it was so fun, just mesmerizing, working with getting the just the right expression and just the right... I loved... Um, 
being able to work with him and the fact that he didn't speak, you know, and you had to make, so you would always just like being able to look at him and then step back and be like, is he conveying the expression I need him to? Um, He was, I think, one of my favorite characters ever to animate. He's super cute and adorable. Yeah. Um, What advice would you have for animators to find their own voice and to help them stand out as unique artists? Oh, that's a great question. Um, For starters, I think make sure that you never show your work to a director until you're, as long as you can, until you really feel like your shot is saying what you want it to say. Um, Because that's your best bet of actually being able to sell an idea if you're going for something. It can't be vague. You can't, if you're showing your work and it's not ready to be seen yet, the director's going to start animating it for you. And then you're never going to be able to get your ideas out there. Um, Because if your ideas aren't clear yet, they're just going to think that you don't have any. (laughs) Right? So... One, I mean, there's a real trick to when to show your work. I have the luxury of working at a studio where no one is forcing us to show our work too soon. Mm. I know that that is a luxury and that at other studios that's a little bit harder to do. Mm. So, But as much as possible, just don't show your work until your ideas are really fully flushed out. I mean, it can be rough blocking, but your ideas are clear. And I feel like that's the best way you're going to be able to insert yourself in there um, and get your clear ideas across. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It's, it wasn't the answer I was expecting, but it does for sure, because then it helps you solidify you and your ideas, whereas you're not barraged by the director's ideas and somebody else's ideas. So it helps you build your own voice, be stronger in your yeah. own voice. Yeah, exactly. What is the greatest piece of advice somebody ever gave you and who is it from? Oh, my goodness. You and these hard questions. Oh. <laughs> the second person says, I had Darren Butters on before this, too, and he was like, I feel like I'm gone through therapy. <laughs> so, oh, so hard. Well, it's so funny because I think, you know, that's one of those things. So I, this is my 19th year here. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I know, kind of crazy. Um so it's hard. Those are hard questions, right? Because you're like, what was the most? Im-? I'm like, oh, my God, in 19 years? Like, I don't know. Um, Maybe not the most or the greatest, but uh, one that stands out to you that you can remember. Um, in terms of animation, what would it be? I don't know. I honestly don't know. There's there's so much that you just are told and learned along the way that, you know, I feel like it's funny because it's kind of like when people are, when you're learning, I mean, and we're always continuing to learn, right? But somehow some of the time, you know, it's like 10 people could tell you the same thing and then the 11th person tells you that and somehow it just clicks, clicks, right? Um. So it's it's kind of like the culmination of those things along the way. And then when did it click? I'm not sure, <laughs> right? Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I do know that I remember um, when I was working with Tony Fucilli, who's who's an amazing animator and, and is here now still. But um, years ago, it was probably back on Incredibles, um, he, I was working with him and... and um, 
we were doing a lot more sort of like looking at animated films and analyzing them and stuff like that. And I feel like that clicked into me then more than it had in the past about how important it was to really analyze animation yeah. and really look at it and look at good animation and bad animation. Um, yeah. So you could really see the difference. And I think that was probably a really big learning moment mm. for me. So yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> I thought that too, actually. Maybe you can talk about uh, your workflow and how you think your way through a shot. Oh, yeah. Um, so that very much changes. One of the things, actually, that I think is fun for me now um, as a more experienced animator is that it, it very much changes depending on what shot I'm working on. So I would say in, a, in your typical acting shot, I work very much pose-to-pose um, in a very more 2D style yeah. of, a, of, of approaching it. So I do almost always act out my shots. Um, and so I go and I video myself and then I kind of analyze that. Um, and I don't use it as a place of, um, I'm never going to sort of do that exactly. It's sort of like just to have a place to start from. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go through and I just focus on the poses. I don't do any timing at all. Um, so I break down and, and I craft the poses just one frame right after another. And then I sort of time those out. Um, and then I go ahead and I go in and I start getting my in-betweens in there. Um, and I work um, in held mode. So it's just all, it stays very clean um, for as long as I possibly can keep it. Um, and I work with holds. I know some people don't, um, but I work with holds. So I'll, I'll hold a pose um, so that I know it's just a clean pose. And then I can go in and I can start being like, oh, okay, now I know I want this to actually start easing in here. And this is actually going to overshoot here. And yeah. so I never am at a place where my timing is all drifty and soft. Because yeah. I feel like as soon as you get into the, a world of, soft drifty timing you're Danger. in a world of pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. that you're never going to get out of so for me you know I err on the side of of like really keeping things you know yeah. super tight and then kind of go in from there if I'm working on like I have a shot right now where it's all straight ahead animation it's a very physical surreal I won't tell you what yeah, it is because yeah, I, I can't you know, it's sort of a very unrealistic shot, and it's very physical. And and it's funny because I was, like, starting, I mean, I just was like, I just have to straight ahead this. There's no other way to do this. And I've gotten notes or, you know, shown it to two or three different animators, and they're all like, oh, God, this shot. They're like, I would just have to straight ahead this. So it's like everyone I've talked to would approach it the same way because um, it's one of those things you kind of just have to, feel out and yeah. there's no I'm like I don't know how I <laughs> else you do it yeah. so it really just depends on the shot but that's kind of the fun of it too it's like sitting down and being like oh how am I going to approach this yeah, or how will true. I do this and that's true no day is the same it depends on the scene yeah is straight ahead animation more fun for you than the more structured or is it like oh my god is that too crazy <laughs> <laughs> uh it's funny, I um, I think the pose-to-pose -pose is more comfortable for yeah. me. 
I think straight ahead animation, it can be super fun. And this shot is fun. It's a little both. It's both, oh my God, and fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have to, is one of those things where in my head, I'm like reminding myself, I'm not breaking any rules. Yeah. It just feels, it's messier, right? It's, it's much messier. So, um, you know, there's a little bit with that you're like, you kind of feel bad at the end of the day because you're like, wow, this is so messy, but it's good. It looks the way I need it yeah. to look. So, <laughs> Job done. Uh, well, that's fantastic. That's all the questions. Well, it's great meeting you. It's lovely to meet you too. Thanks so much for taking the time out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.